preach a sermon this morning called Defining Moments. Defining Moments. A place called Ziklag. What do you do on the worst day of your life? That's what the seasoned evangelist said some years ago, maybe about 10 years ago when I heard him preach a message about Ziklag. He said, what do you do on the worst day of your life? One writer put it this way, not quite as spiritual. He said, what do you do when the well runs dry? You sit on the bank and cry, cry, cry. But that's not very scriptural, I don't know. A disappointing defining moment. Some of this series is about defining moments of excitement and defining moments of blessing and defining moments of moving forward. But what do we do when it's a defining moment that changes our life forever, but it's a disappointing one? A then it happened moment. A As I put in my notes here, my world changed forever moment. The unexpected Moment, the I never thought this would happen moment. I never thought that they would do that, or I never thought that she would say that, or the divorce papers were filed, or my company is relocating, or I didn't get accepted to the school or the job that I wanted. You can fill in the blank this morning, and every single one of us in this house could fill in that blank. That defining, disappointing moment, that Ziklag moment. I'm going to tell you what the place Ziklag is about here in just a moment. But it was a plot twist. My best friend moved away. But we've all had those times. We've all seen those days. So what do you do on the worst day of your life? Do you sit down on the bank, as the writer said, and cry, cry, cry? Can I tell you this morning, it's okay to cry. Does anybody agree with me this morning? It is okay to cry. In those disappointing moments, in those defining, devastating moments, it's okay to cry. Tears are a gift from God. Tears are a language that God understands. The Bible said that the Lord bottles up our tears and keeps them ever before Him. And so if you find yourself in a ziklak moment of sorrow and grief and crying, it is okay to cry. Do you internalize it all? Now that's one that's not so good or healthy, but we, we tend to sometimes, especially men, I guess, especially like to internalize things and keep them inside and pretend that it didn't happen. But the Bible tells us to cry out to God. The Bible tells us to share our burdens with one another, and it's not healthy. It's not, not a good thing to internalize it too much and keep it on the inside. But what do you do on the worst day of your life. Look with me please to 1 Samuel chapter number 30 beginning at verse 1 verses 1 through 6 and let's read about this place called Ziklag. It said then it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had carried out an attack on the Negev and on the Ziklag 
and had overthrown Ziklag and burned it with fire. David and his men had been out fighting. They had been out doing army things, what military men do. They had been out doing their duty, and their children and their families were back at home in this place called Ziklag. But David had been doing what he was supposed to be doing. He and the men, look at verse 2. And they took captive, the Amalekites took captive the women and all who were in it from the small to the great without killing anyone and drove them off and went their way. When David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Now let me put a pause right there. That's a bad day. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a bad day. Look at verse 4. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voice. And here's the sit down and cry, cry, cry. And they wept. Until there was no strength in them to weep. What do you do on your worst day of your life? Now David's two wives had been taken captive. Aenome the Jeritess and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite. And also David was in great distress. Because the people, his military men, his peeps, his loyal soldiers... Spoke of stoning him. For all the people were embittered. They were bitter. And they were blaming their leader David. Because each one of them had lost their sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself. Or encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That's today's story at Ziklag. David Doing what he was supposed to be doing. David tending to what God had called him to do. David leading the military men. David out on task, on target. He wasn't down at the bar boozing it up. I guess everybody's okay with that. In there. <laughs> he wasn't out philandering around. He wasn't out goofing off. David was on task. David was doing what he was supposed to do, out with his men, and then it was a while you were away moment. You ever heard of Rip Van Winkle? The great biblical, no, he's not a biblical character. Rip Van Winkle, who's known for what? Falling asleep for a long, long time, and then when old Rip woke up, everything had changed and everybody had changed. Have you ever felt in your life that you were doing everything you thought you should do and you had your nose to the grindstone and you were following the Lord and you were in the will of God, but then while you were away, you wake up, so to speak, or you look around and things had changed. Can anybody relate to that this morning? There's another term that I thought of. I don't know if I coined this or if I stole it from somewhere. But if I made it up, it's a good one and I should get credit for it. I probably read it somewhere though. But I call it the COVID warp. The COVID warp. If, if you're like me, I have to constantly, if I'm trying to put things in my mind sequentially over the past two and whatever years, I have to really try to think. 
And I think, was that pre-COVID? Was that during COVID? Was, when was that? But I feel like, yeah, I've heard the term COVID fog as well. But I feel like we've gone through such a time period of two plus years of all of this COVID stuff and the shutdowns and the consequences and life changed and it was so different. And in some ways, life went on pause. But in other ways, life kept moving. And as I started personally to step back into what felt to be more normal days and weeks and months, I looked around and it was a where have you been type moment to realize that people got older. My children got older. I no longer have an elementary school child. I have a child who is almost 20 now. And it's like a COVID warp because I think, wait a minute. Anybody else feel that way a little bit? Maybe I'm the only one. Now let me say this. My oldest is almost 20. That is a miracle because I'm almost 30. But that COVID time warp, that in one way the world stopped. In one way, the world slowed down. In one way, everything went on pause. But in another way, things kept moving. And then when we started to get some normalcy, I personally looked around to realize life has changed. What do you do when life has changed while you were away? What do you do when the season changes? We have kids sometimes that go away maybe for the summer or for summer camp or they haven't seen relatives just for a few weeks or a few months and the relative pinches them on the cheek and says, my how you have grown, my how you have changed, right? Children start school, children finish school, children get married. We go through seasons of life and seasons of Change And the only thing that really is constant in that regard is change. Change is always constant. This church right here, this congregation right here is not the same as it was before COVID. And let me tell us, it will not be the same in five years if the Lord tarries. Change is constant. What do you do when you wake up like Rip Van Winkle one day to realize change has come so I've asked some questions this morning. What do you do on the worst day of your life? What do you do when you realize things have changed? What do you do when all seems to be lost? David and his men, no doubt, were coming back on a high, celebrating. They had accomplished what God had wanted them to to do, but they did not realize, I guess they were not checking their Instagrams or their Facebook pages while they were out fighting. They didn't realize what had happened at home. They didn't realize what had happened at Ziklag. Maybe their morning papers had been delayed, but they did not realize what had happened, but they came back to the camp and all seemed lost. What do you do materialistically when you feel like I landed the job that I've always wanted and now I will make enough money but yet the bills and the income are out of proportion? What do you do when you think, oh, I've made this great investment but then it 
flip-flops? What do you do when the value of your home goes down, but the county sends you the tax bill and it's gone up? What do you do? First, we don't put our hope in material possessions, do we? But they came back and it seemed that all was lost. Everything was burned. Their homes were burned. Their family had been taken away. Their wives, their sons, their daughters had all been taken away. And then, to compound the problem, David's loyal men, the people who should have been in his corner, am I preaching to anybody that's ever had to walk through this one, that should have been supporting him, that should have been encouraging him, that should have been checking on him and lifting him up, they became bitter not just at the situation, they became bitter at David himself. What do you do on the worst day of your life? What do you do when all seems lost? What do you do when your whole world has seemingly changed? I have an answer to that and then we're going to pray about it this morning. But let's look at the next slide first. What went wrong or what could go wrong in our lives? Three little points here I want to make practically speaking before we end on a spiritual note. What went wrong? A place where past accomplishments don't matter anymore. Now, when I grew up, I was Donald's son, Donald and Janet's son, and my dad was in local government, and so I was Don's boy. That's Don Payne's son. And I was my grandmother's grandchild, and they toted me to all these churches and put me up in chairs to sing and and then I was the little boy that sang and so then as I got a little older he's the singer he's the he's a little singer he's never the big singer he's the little singer he's a little singer and then I got a little older and started playing piano and things and oh he's the one that plays the the piano and you know so all of those things he's he's Margaret's grandson he he's Donald's boy he's the he's the singer he's the piano player those past accomplishments, but I found when I moved and started my career in Floyd County with my wife and a horse trailer filled with our possessions, that was all we had, all in a horse trailer, I found that all that past accomplishment didn't mean anything because nobody knew Donald, nobody knew Margaret Nobody knew that I was the little singer or the little piano player. What do you do when your past accomplishments don't matter anymore? You see, in our lives, we can get caught up in our identity and who we think we are and what we think we have done. But what happens when that changes? What do we do when past accomplishments don't matter anymore? David had been anointed by Samuel to be the next king. But his troops didn't care. They were mad. They were bitter. You let our places get burned down. You had us out here fighting. And now they've taken our wives and our children away. David had killed the bear with his hands. David had killed the lion with his bare hands. David had killed the giant. But what happens when your past accomplishments don't matter anymore? Two. A place where present achievements don't matter 
anymore. They were coming in off of victories. But it didn't matter. They were mad. They were upset at David. David had led them through battle after battle, achievement after achievement. David on the side had written all these great psalms and songs that had probably encouraged some of them. But it didn't matter about the present achievements. What do you do? What do you do if you pour out yourself to preach the the very best you feel like you can week after week and then the parishioner says, huh, I don't like you. That hasn't happened, by the way, but I thought it would just sound good. What do you do when you work at the workplace day after day to be excellent where God has placed you, yet the co-worker starts to criticize you because they don't care about your present achievements or maybe they're jealous of your present achievements. Then thirdly, a place where future destiny does not inspire anymore. David, as any leader, was casting the vision. David was trying to keep them on track. David was saying, we're headed somewhere. Samuel has anointed me to be king. We need to wait for God's timing. But everybody doesn't want to wait for God's timing, do they? And sometimes we get bitter. We get impatient. A place where past accomplishments didn't matter. A place where present achievements didn't matter. A place where the future destiny did not inspire them anymore. It all went wrong. What do you do when it all goes wrong? Well, David will show us. He nailed it. That's my next to last slide. My next to last closing What do you do with all this? David nailed it. David's response, if I could say it this way, was spot on. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Can I I preach right there for a second? So I thought about how do you you make that point, Greg? How How do you make that point, Pastor Greg? I don't really call myself Pastor Greg, but... How do you make that point? How do, you, how do you do that? A place where he encouraged himself in the Lord. Well, my initial answer, and this is a correct answer for all of us, was to go down the list of things that we always go down. How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? How did David encourage himself in the Lord? And I go down that list that we throw out there so many times. Go to church. Pray. Right? Read your Bible. Be around the fellowship of the believers. Listen to good music. And all of that is right. And all of that is good. And all of that is necessary. And let me instruct you as your pastor teacher this morning. You and I, we need all of those things in our lives on a very regular, weekly, if not daily basis. Somebody should say amen this morning. But where I want to go this morning when it said he encouraged himself in the Lord is a little bit deeper even than that. It is this. He had that relationship. He had that no-so personal, intimate relationship with God that encouraged himself in the Lord. As I was driving over here this morning, I thought about that and I thought, I really cannot put that in words. It is better felt and caught and known than told or explained. Is that all right this morning? 
I hope you know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, you can know. You can know that intimate, personal, close relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That on the worst day of your life, you can feel His Spirit and His power move in you way down deep on the inside. It is deeper than reading scripture passages. It is deeper than memorizing scripture passages. It is deeper even than praying. It is deeper than even coming to the house of the Lord. All of those things are beautiful and great and wonderful. And all of those things help lead to what I'm preaching about. But it's that personal connection. My spirit fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit in intimacy. Somebody ought to say amen this morning. That was David's response. And it was spot on. He knew God. He knew that unction of the Holy Spirit. He knew what he needed to do. He knew whose presence he needed to be in. He knew what relationship he needed to cultivate. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. And when you encourage yourself in the Lord, you will find new strength in the Lord. David Encouraged himself in the Lord and he found new strength in the Lord. Would you stand with me this morning and they're going to put up our prayer. God's perfect will for my life. Actually, I didn't give them the prayer. I'm going to tell you the prayer. I'm a little rusty. I was out of the saddle last week. Here's our prayer. It's a familiar prayer. You've heard this prayer before. I want us to pray it this morning and really surrender it to the Lord. It's this. God, grant me, hear me. God, grant me the serenity, the peace to accept the things that I cannot change. Am I preaching all right this morning? Am I earning my pay this morning? I'm doing all right. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. Oh yes, God can do anything, but there are some things that happen that are irreversible on this side of eternity. God, give me the grace to accept those things that I cannot change. God, touch me by the power of your Holy Spirit way down on the deep inside of me that I can be healed and helped and have the serenity and the peace to accept the things that I cannot change here's the next part of that prayer and the courage to change the things that I can come on now the courage to change the things that I can you see I'm not going to sit on the bank and cry, cry, cry for the rest of my life. I'm going to get it out of my system. I'm going to let mourning, crying, and weeping have the proper due season in my life, the healthy season in my life. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, I am going to have, oh, I feel like preaching this morning. It might not be good for me to take a week off anymore. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to have courage to get up and live my life, the life that God has designed and destined for me to live. Hallelujah. 
glory to God. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the wisdom to know the difference. <laughs> the wisdom, the discernment, the guidance from God to know the difference. Would you bow your head with me this morning? I hope you feel the Holy Spirit like I feel the Holy Spirit. I hope this word has helped you like it has helped me this morning. Lord, we, we thank you for your word. And indeed, right now, indeed, right now, we pray this prayer. God, give us the peace to accept the things that we cannot change. But God, give us the courage to change the things that we can change. And Lord, give us the wisdom to know the difference. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I, I just feel like we ought to pray right now. Right where you are, just pray. Just call upon the name of the Lord. Just find strength in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I don't know exactly what you might be facing. I don't know exactly what you're getting up in the morning to. I don't know exactly what you're walking through. But I want to tell you, God is for you. God is with you. And God will give you the power. He will give you the grace that you need. Lord, we bless you. We honor your presence. We honor your spirit. We honor your power. We honor the power of your word this morning. Lord, the power of your word, way down deep on the inside, let us allow you to encourage us. Way down deep on the inside, let us have that fellowship that is divine, that fellowship that is intimate, that fellowship with you on that deep level that is beyond anything and beyond anybody, that is beyond any situation that is beyond any problem that is beyond any devastation that may have come in our lives that deep relationship with you bless your people move upon this congregation this morning moved by the presence God of the Holy Spirit that I feel so so strongly in my heart this morning Lord I thank you for that but God I pray let the Holy Spirit touch somebody in this house let, let somebody in this house feel that same unction and moving of your spirit way down deep on the inside and give us peace and give us courage and give us wisdom. We bless your name this morning. We bless your name this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm lingering here just for a moment because I feel the presence of the Lord today. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord. Just let Him touch you. Just let Him strengthen you. Just let Him help you. Just yield yourself to Him this morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness, mercy, going to follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
bless your name this morning. We praise your name this morning. We give you glory. We give you honor. This altar is open this morning. If you need to come and pray today, the altar is open for you. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. But as they sing and as they worship, let's continue in an atmosphere of praise and prayer and just obey the Holy Spirit this morning.